Momentum. Today's podcast is all about momentum. How do we create it? How do we create momentum for our motivation? And what is one psychological principle that we can harness day in and day out using small wins to create momentum in our lives, even if we're lacking it right now? Stay tuned, OTRs, as we dive deep into the Matthew Effect, a way for you to craft momentum today. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Good morning, OTOers. Welcome back to another Thoughts from the Truck episode. And today's Thoughts from the Truck episode is all about momentum. You know that one of the primary goals of Operators and Owners is foster momentum for you, the veterinary practitioner, you, the associate, you, the owner. We want to foster this because we know as momentum improves, we will see increases in self-determination, the control you have over the direction you're going. If we can create this momentum, you're more likely to improve in the three major areas of self-determination, competency, autonomy, and relatedness. Basically, you're going to learn more. You're going to take more control and set a direction, and you're going to find the relationships that help you move forward. In the end, these improvements in momentum, these improvements in self-determination will cause you to actually experience an increase in mental well-being and overall more life satisfaction. Another thing that we know from the sciences, the psychology, the research out there is something called the Pareto Principle. Now, this is the famous 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. But in the working world, in the business world, in the veterinary practice world, there's actually really good research that shows that the Pareto Principle is even more unequal of a distribution. What they've done is shown that the Pareto Principle in a business is better defined as the square root of the number of people. And what they define is that this square root, so the square root of the number of employees, the square root of the number of veterinarians, whatever this number is, that number is the number of people who do 50% of the productive work of that particular business. And it's likely that you, the individual listening to a motivational podcast, the individual listening to, you, listening to this developmental podcast, are likely one of those individuals beneath that square root. One of those individuals doing 50% of the work of their business, of their employer's business, or of their practice. And likely, if you're listening, you've realized that it's hard to carry this load. It's hard to find continuous motivation to carry the burden, to push forward, to be the person all the time. And this is where we need 
to make a little bit of a shift to educate you a little bit on how to make that easier on how to create a little bit of momentum a little bit of motivation to help you improve one percent a day even though you're carrying the majority of the burden and the best way or one way i should say that i found and harnessed myself is something called the matthew effect now to better understand the matthew effect you really kind of have to understand the research out there the examples of it that have been applied within the business world within the scientific world and within the medical world so first let's just talk a little bit about how this has been proven in the past in one study researchers went out and said i think we can craft the matthew effect in the real world using real world dollars so they went to Kickstarter. And for those of you who don't know what Kickstarter is, it's basically a crowdsource funding page. You get an idea or you have a product, but you don't have the funding to do it. And you don't want to find those angel investors that can help you launch your product. So instead, you take that product, that idea, that concept, put it onto a web page and put it out to the world and say, please donate to my idea. Well, what these researchers did is they went to Kickstarter. But they went to Kickstarter to the pages that are kind of destined to die, those who have no funding. And they ran a study. In this study, what they did is they took these unfunded projects and they selected them into a case and a control group. And for some projects, they provided funding. And what they found is as they tracked the continuation of these projects, the projects that they funded received more funding from the general public once it was shown that somebody else had believed in the project, had put money down on the project. In fact, for every dollar that they donated, the general public donated another dollar and 15 cents versus the projects who didn't get any donation from the researchers. Now, another example of the Matthew effect is actually something more detrimental. If we look at research, at researchers specifically within science, there has been several studies that show this uneven distribution of success within research. You see, if you're an early researcher, if you work in a lab and you apply for a grant, your application for that grant, that very first grant, really sets you up for the rest of your career. Because individuals who apply for a grant and then fail, have, a, have exponentially decreased success over their careers, over ones who apply and succeed. Now, researchers consider this to be one of the great flaws within the research community, within the scientific community, because it doesn't necessarily mean that the ideas of the second individual are any less valuable to society. It just means that the individual who got their funding initially were given more resources initially could chase their idea with those resources and continue to develop it. And what happens is kind of a snowball effect is those initial researchers basically with that additional resource are able to perpetuate their research over the individuals who didn't get it initially because those individuals who didn't get funded had to go back to the drawing board, had to find other sources of funding. And many times while they're doing that, the individuals who received funding are doing that research, progressing forward, publishing documents, 
And that snowball effect causes individuals who might not have had a significant idea initially, but could have more significant ideas later to be behind the eight ball and be actually undervalued overall. Finally, the third great example of the Matthew effect comes from New Zealand. And in New Zealand, they have a similar disparity that we kind of have in the U.S. in terms of human medicine. They have kind of urban medicine and rural medicine. And the problem is, is their rural areas are so spread out, many individuals can be one to two hours from emergency medical care. And they suffer from, in the rural areas at least, what is known as kind of high-risk, low-frequency emergencies. So their rural emergency practitioners don't see a lot of very specific cases that a lot of the urban practitioners, emergency practitioners, would see with the same amount of frequency. So they're not able to handle those cases as well or as, as efficiently or as knowledgeably as those urban practitioners. And this causes them to have a disparity between rural practitioners and urban practitioners, not necessarily because of a lack of knowledge, but more of a lack of experience. And this is one example of um, an interesting application of the negative Matthew effect in that because they're not getting the volume, they're not doing as well versus their urban practitioners who are getting the volume and are doing better. These researchers actually went out and did training programs for these rural emergency practitioners and saw some pretty significant improvements in their overall medicine application in a follow-up study. So very interesting way that people have actually intervened to create a positive Matthew effect in the face of a current negative Matthew effect that's been detected. So with those interesting stories, what exactly is the Matthew effect? And it gets its name from the Bible verse, unto he who I bestow a lot, much, much will be given. Unto he who has little, much will be taken. Basically, individuals who are receiving tend to receive more. Individuals who are not receiving, who are not getting benefits, tend to receive less. It's this time-honored battle of what they call success versus insuccess. And insuccess simply means failure. If we graph the actual Matthew effect out and put it onto an X and Y axis, if we look at the positive axis or the top axis, we would call that axis a virtuous Matthew effect cycle. And we would call the negative axis a vicious Matthew cycle. You see, if you start at the origin at zero on this graph, if you draw a 45-degree angle into the upper right-hand corner and a 45-degree angle into the bottom right-hand corner, those will characterize what the Matthew effect does. You see, momentum is so critical to ultimate success, to ultimate achievement, to, again, that success versus insuccess curve, that virtuous versus vicious cycle, that we can characterize this by these lines. If we can get an individual on the positive axis headed towards that upper right-hand corner to be able to pursue something meaningful to them, spend even 20 minutes a day doing something meaningful for themselves, we know that that individual is going to come up with new ideas. Those new ideas are going to empower them and make them feel more self-determined and cause them to chase after that information. Again, improving their competency, helping them express autonomy, and helping them find new relationships that self-determination will push them forward to become more productive. As they're more productive, they're more creative. And the self-feeding cycle continues forward 
the individuals around them identify them as individual individuals who are productive and creative. So these individuals get more resources, whether that's through their clients or through their bosses. Ultimately, those additional resources cause them to yield more and experience success within their career by whatever definition they really define it by. On the other hand, the individuals who are unable to pursue their interests, create that momentum, improve in their competency, autonomy, and relatedness, are not as productive, are not as creative. And the individuals around them notice this and don't give them as many resources, don't give them as many opportunities. So they're not as productive. And ultimately, they are unsuccessful or experience failure at some level. This is what you guys are facing as the carriers of that Pareto Principle torch. If you can't craft momentum using something like the Matthew Effect, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get into this vicious negative cycle on that negative axis. However, if you can use small wins, small pursuits of things that are meaningful to you, then you can get into that successful virtuous cycle feeding into itself over and over and over again, pushing you forward, giving you the momentum you ultimately need to be the person your business or the people around you need to be. So how do you leverage the Matthew effect? I think there's six ways after I've sat down and thought about it that I've used in my life to leverage this, either knowingly or unknowingly. The first is small wins. On my worst days, the days where I feel like I'm in that vicious cycle where I just can't get ahead, the best way I found to claw my way out of that is find something to win. And then I'll tell you, on the worst days, the absolute worst, where nothing's going right, sometimes that's as simple as brushing my teeth three times a day, like the dentist would say. And it's that small win. In the workout room, sometimes it's Let's go get a little core workout in. Spend 10 minutes doing some crunches or planks or something like that just to gain that momentum. For my knowledge room, it's let's sit down and read five pages. From practice creation, it might be as simple as saying, I'm not going to leave this farm until I do five minutes of consulting in this specific area that I care about. Sometimes it's the small things. Even if it's two, three, five minutes of wins, that's all you need to start that little bit of momentum to get you out of that vicious cycle, to get you into that virtuous cycle, to get you pursuing the meaningful work to you. The second way that I think you can leverage the Matthew cycle is routine cup filling. And this is something you guys have heard me preach on over and over and over again. But do something for you every single day. Every morning, I spend at least 40 minutes a day reading, reflecting, reviewing my goals, thinking, and that's my time. And that's how I start to get momentum for my day. Because that's the time I get to work on the things that are meaningful to me right now. That's when I start my virtuous cycle for the day. And the mornings where I don't get that, the emergency call mornings, the mornings where family needs me, I find myself struggling the most to get out of the vicious cycle of that particular day because I haven't pursued something meaningful to me immediately in the morning. Now, the third way that I've leveraged Matthew Effect is daily to-dos. Again, much like small wins, these are a little bit bigger. But basically, it's me saying, this is my self-determined direction, the things that I am going to get done today. And I love to do those the night before and just set the direction for the next day. So when I wake up, 
boom, I start chasing them down, start establishing the direction we're going to go. That momentum again, and those to-dos point me in the direction of what's meaningful to me and get me down the path of making sure that I'm going to touch on at least a couple things that really matter to me that day. The fourth way that I've had some advantageous Matthew effect in my life is either being mentored or being a mentor. And the most powerful part of this, honestly, is not helping somebody else. It, it is really being able to leverage and play off of each other's success and momentum. Because if, whether you're the mentee or the mentor, one of the two of you is likely going to be pushing forward. And one of the two of you is likely, and honestly, probably both of you, are one of those people below that square root of that Pareto principle. And it's unlikely that both of you are going to be stagnated at the same time. So if your mentee's succeeding and you're stagnated, you can take that momentum that you've kind of given to them and say, oh, look at this, I'm doing something right. I'm doing something good. And use that to leverage into that virtuous cycle. If you're experiencing that success and your mentee's struggling, you can share stories that you've had of your recent success and share your momentum with them, getting them into that virtuous cycle, maybe helping pull them out of that vicious cycle. It's part of the reason why I love kind of mentoring and, and receiving mentorship. I think that this give and take, and a lot of times we think that it's the mentor's job to kind of give all the knowledge, but as a mentor, I feel like I get just as much back from my mentee, whether it's ideas or momentum or even just energy. Number five, a great way if you're struggling with the Matthew effect, struggling to get into a positive mindset is just go do some physical activity. For me, a lot of times if I'm really struggling to create something, if I'm really struggling to gain some momentum on a big project, I'll go for a walk, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But it's been shown, and there's tons of research out there, and I'm actually just starting to dive into it a little bit about the um, benefits of a walk. I believe it was Einstein uh, used to go for a walk like twice a day, up to like two or three hours a day through a garden. And I, there's significant cognitive benefits to this. Apparently, there's kind of like this um, weird shutoff of certain parts of your brain and the engagement of other creative parts of your brain that allow your brain to kind of play with ideas and interconnect them. Again, like I said, it's something I've just stumbled across. But the more that I think about it, the more I think about all those great ideas that kind of come during that walk or kind of during that shower. And I think that it's a great way that I've used in the past without even identifying it. To, to gain some Matthew effect, to gain some positive momentum. The last thing, and you guys heard me talk about this before, the sixth thing that I've got to kind of leverage this Matthew effect is just find meaningful work. And you guys have heard me talk about this before, but meaningful work is just something intimately personal to you, something that you're passionate about. Many times just taking, again, that 15, that 20 minutes, to work on something interesting to you. And it doesn't have to be veterinary medicine. It can be family-related. It can be personally related. It can be research into anything interesting to you. It could be a hobby. But working on that meaningful work will kind of push you forward, give you that small win, gain a little bit of that momentum. And that momentum will help carry into the other areas of your life. One of the ways that this really works well for me, again, not to touch on the workout again, but on my days when I'm struggling, and usually it's honestly on the weeks when I'm struggling, when I'm really trying to get out of that vicious cycle of not being super motivated and kind of having to push through everything. A lot of times if I just hop on my bike for 20 minutes, 
working on myself, my physical health, seems to be this trigger, especially early in the morning, that really goes, okay, you've done this, you've done something for yourself, you've created you know, a better body to live within, what else can we do for the day? And kind of launches into that virtuous cycle. But identifying the one thing or the two or three things that are really core meaningful to you, that you're non-negotiables for you, those can be great little driving factors to kind of return to all the time. This, these kind of first principles people talk about, the things that are the core driving principles for everything that is around us. If you can find those kind of two or three things for yourself to return to, to kind of jumpstart your Matthew effect, those are great things to have in your back pocket and keep in your mind for when you're really struggling or you're really down. So that's what I have for you guys today, OTRs. In introduction of the Matthew Effect, something that's integrated its way into the operators to owners educational materials, into the operators to owners lectures, into the operators to owners masterminds. Something that I know will impact me throughout the many years of my career left, and I hope will impact your career for the many years left in your career. Thanks for tuning in today, OTRs. Until next time, carry on. If you liked this content and want more, join our OTO community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook. Also, check out our blog at otovets.com forward slash blog. Please join our community for an active discussion about today's podcast, past podcasts, and other topics within veterinary medicine. Thanks again for joining us today, OTOers, and carry on.